0: Facts of Faith with Naye Lupondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. SABC News Portal is your one-stop digital platform for all the news you need. Stay connected with the latest and breaking stories. Listen to all SABC radio stations live, including podcasts, and also watch the SABC News channel with clips and live streams of all the big news events. Simply download the SABC News app on your smartphone from the Play or App Store. SABC News, independent and impartial. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation.
1: Good evening, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Naya Now we are together until 8 o'clock. It's 12 minutes after 7. So we begin our program for tonight. Our question, has prosperity gospel contributed to the decay in the Christian faith? Joining us on the line is Father Patrick Rakiki, Assistant Secretary General for the Southern African Catholic Bishops' Conference. Father, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us.
2: Good, good evening, Naya. Good evening to your listeners.
1: And also, we do have Apostle Pearl Cooper, attorney, activist, international consultant, author, and president of Global Forum for Entrepreneurs. Uh, Apostle, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us.
3: Good evening, night, and uh, good evening to all your listeners as well. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Also, we do have Prophet Laki. Prophet Laki is uh, from Tellius Life Church. Good evening, Prophet Laki. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us.
4: A blessed evening to you,
1: Naya, and to our listeners. All right. All three of our guests giving us some perspective exclusively from the Christian perspective. I do understand that you may have a view on this matter as well. You are not excluded from participating. So feel free to call us at on 891 104 0891-104-207. The short message service line is 419391, 41931, 41931, Social media hashtag is SAFM, Facts of Faith at SAFM Radio. Let's begin.
0: Facts of Faith on SAFM.
1: Alright, we're going to begin with a newbie in the program. Apostle Coupe is no newbie. Father, Lucky he is no newbie. The first person who has had him. uh, Prophet Lucky is going to be beginning and breaking the ice for us. From your perspective, Prophet, has prosperity gospel contributed to the decay in the Christian faith?
4: I'm, I'm struggling to pick up your line. Say that
1: again. All right. I'm going to put you back to Joey so that she can get you on a clearer line. Joey, please. The prophet is not particularly clear. So please, let's get him on a better line. While we're still trying to get uh, uh, the prophet on a better line, we're going to go move on to Father Patrick Rakeke. Uh, from your perspective, Father, uh, has prosperity gospel contributed uh, to I'm the decay? Also, you. also you. your, you. your line is not clear. Okay. All right, Father. Uh, What about you, Apostle? Is your line clear? Apostle Coupe? All right. It seems as though all of our lines are not particularly working with us for now. I want to take a break and come back. When we come back, I'm hoping everything will be back on track.
0: SAFM explores issues in the news, politics, business, technology, and arts and culture with diverse perspectives and insights that will inform and challenge you. As always, we value your feedback. Don't hesitate to email us feedback at safm.co.za. Join the conversation on global perspectives on the news of the day. SAFM, leading the conversation here, there, and everywhere, SAFM 104.4 FM in Hermanus, Facts of Faith on SAFM.
1: All right, let's try again. I see we have, uh, Apostle, can you hear me? Is your line clear?
3: Yes, I can hear you. Thank you.
1: All right, if, you, if you're if you're okay with it, can we begin with you while we're still trying to get other guests back on the line? Yes, sure. All right, from your perspective, has prosperity gospel contributed to the decay in the Christian faith?
3: Well, um, let me just start off by saying this, first of all. I'm not sure what we mean by the prosperity gospel. I think there's one gospel And unfortunately, I think people have cherry-picked some scriptures, some portions of scriptures, and created their own gospel out of that. So I would like to start off by saying... I'm not sure about the terminology prosperity gospel. There's one gospel which contains the the message of, you know, the whole gospel. You're absolutely
1: correct, Prophet. And I don't want you to worry because um, we also had that, uh, I also have that problem. But um, when Mm -hmm. asking some of the researchers in this subject, they came to uh, uh, bring to my attention that it is not, ministers such as yourself or people of the faith who have called it prosperity gospel but it is those who believe that there is a Mm -hmm. tangent in christian teaching now that is different from the original text and the original ethos of preaching the gospel which is focused exclusively on inspiring people to focus on exclusively prosperity and nothing else. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, absolutely. you're absolutely correct.
3: I, I, I was going to get to that point, but I did want to lay that foundation just to say there is one gospel so that we, we make sure that, you know, we set the right foundation. Now, prosperity for me now, is one aspect of the gospel. And the second thing I would like to say is that prosperity, there are many people who are preaching, and I'm saying preaching in quotes, preaching the word of God having misinterpreted prosperity in terms of what it really is, biblically. And, um, you know, the prosperity is not just about money. In fact, I often say and I tell people that the lowest level of prosperity, if you look at it holistically and in context, the lowest level of prosperity has to do with money and has to do with material possessions. If you read and look at Mark 8:36 it says for what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world that loses his soul um, and what that is telling us scripturally is that actually salvation your relationship with God is actually the highest level of prosperity so if people were to be teaching prosperity from the biblical perspective and kingdom perspective we would actually start with winning souls and wanting to connect people um, and, to, and to have a relationship with Christ so prosperity you can't have prosperity without knowing God from the kingdom perspective the first level and the highest level of prosperity is actually being in relationship with God so for instance if you have an old gogo out there in the village and she's living on Social Security you know earning 500 rand a month but she knows Jesus she has a relationship with God Um, According to the Bible, that old Google is more prosperous than somebody who may be a multi-billionaire but does not know
4: God.
1: So I'm hoping, uh, Apostle, you can understand our dilemma and what we're trying to get at here. Uh, Seeing that there are those who have focused on exclusively money and material plenty, is it possible that those who are preaching that gospel, that aspect, that paradigm uh, may be the ones who are responsible or at the very least contributed to the decay we see in Christian faith?
3: Absolutely. I mean definitely the, the DK has to do not with not because of any defect in the in the gospel, but because of misinterpretation. and one on the side of the some preachers, yes. Uh, definitely to the people who have have twisted it, but I wouldn't want to put the blame solely on people who are teaching or preaching, because we all have a responsibility to read the Bible for ourselves. We all must be like the Bereans. You know, the, the Bible tells us about the Bereans, and it said even as Paul was speaking, they searched the Scriptures for themselves to make sure that what Paul was telling them was actually the Word of God and was, was, was the truth. So I, I wouldn't want to put the blame 100% just on preachers, and definitely I, I, I have said that there, there is a group, there is a genre of people who are misinterpreting and putting a wrong focus just on material possessions and money. And as I've said previously, money and material possessions are actually, within the kingdom context, the lowest level of prosperity, because prosperity ultimately begins with salvation. And there are other components of prosperity. There's components of health. There's components of joy. There's components of peace. So if you have all the money in the bank, but you have no joy, or you're tormented by demons, or you're lying in bed in ICU and you can hardly breathe, with all the money in the bank, that doesn't make you prosperous. All right. So there's definitely a need for us to focus on beyond just money and material possessions, because the Bible does that as well.
1: All right. Let's bring in Father Patrick Rakeke, It's the Assistant Secretary General from the South African uh, Southern African Catholic Bishops Conference. Father Rakeke, It's from your perspective, uh, should we blame prosperity gospel for the decay we see in Christian faith?
2: I would like to say um, that the the decay of Christianity was not solely um, depending on the the prosperity gospel preachers. There there, there there are other elements which have gone in the 2000 years of Christianity. There are other elements, but certainly they have a role to play in what they have done. And I want also to believe that uh, the preaching, um, taking one aspect of the gospel, talking about Wealth and in terms of money alone, talking about the success, individual success, and um, misinterpreting what faith means to the people, and viewing god um, as, as as one who gives only to those who succeed, these are the elements which would
3: um,
2: add to the decay. and um, you know, if you listen to what uh, the gospel of John says, John chapter ten, verse ten. When it says, I have come that they may have life and life to the full," In other words, the gospel is preaching the wholeness of the goodness of humanity, the life in general. And so um, taking only one aspect of money and prosperity, um, it's the it's, it's deviation from the truth of the gospel. And therefore, on that aspect, they are adding to uh, the problem that we have. But I want to say there are other elements which are not part of our discussion now, but we are saying they, they, those aspects need to be checked on. Why do they have to only um, discuss and actually uh, even uh, stress only on money and on success, on wealth, and actually deviate from what the gospel wants?
1: All right. Um, we're going to come back and chew on some of the issues that you and the Apostles are talking about. Uh, but I want to open the lines for any and everyone who would like to participate in our program for tonight. As always, the lines are always open. 891 104 Let's bring in the prophet now. Uh, from your pr- perspective, prophet, Has this gospel, this uh, prosperity gospel, as it has been dubbed, contributed to the decay in the Christian faith?
4: Naya, thank you very much. And let me also acknowledge the contribution of my other guests as well. Naya, let me put it this way. Um, Prosperity, as it is, is probably one of the most wonderful promises of the Christian faith. It is only that uh, you know human error, common human error, and extremes and excesses have overshadowed people's judgment when it comes to the concept of prosperity. God is very clear about where He stands. The Bible is very clear about the issue of prosperity. Second John chapter number two. In fact, so Second uh, I said John two. Sorry, Third John two it's a very simple scripture, and this is what it says it says i wish above all things now if someone says he wishes above all things it means what he wishes for you is the top priority i wish above all things that you may prosper and that is in the bible you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul will prosper so prosperity and let me be clear when i say prosperity i mean i mean financial and material prosperity It is on God's top list, or God's top priorities and wishes for us who have received the faith. When you are born again, your soul already prospers, as the previous speaker has already said. So now, the writer of 1st John 2 says, He wishes above all that we may prosper, and again in Psalm 35, verse 27, It says, God delights in the prosperity of his children. That means when the children of God prosper, it makes God happy. And the reason for that is very clear. Even you, Naya, if you have children, it will make you happy when you see them successful materially. If they do well at school, if they purchase a new house, if they purchase a new car, and all form of material success and prosperity, it will make you happy. And guess what? God shares the same sentiment when it comes to prosperity. Let me pause it right there for now, Mike.
1: Um I, I understand all those texts there, Prophet, but I was wondering if you could help us with the question we're trying to get answered for tonight. If yeah. the focus, exclusive focus on that prosperity could be the, one, of, one of the contributing factors to the decay in the Christian faith. I totally understand and I've read the texts. I don't dispute the existence of the texts, but those texts exist within a context of 66 books in the Bible. If you're going to quote two books in the Bible out of the 66 that would have a plethora of theological doctrines and teachings, surely there should be something to be said about the exclusive preaching of just one thing, which is prosperity. That's why we're asking, why focus only on prosperity? Are we not starving the Christian community of the entirety of the body of theology?
4: Um, I will say two things in response to that comment you are making right now. Number one is you can only emphasize something that is the greatest need in the life of a person. To a sick person, you will emphasize health because that's what they are in a critical need of. A sick person is in a diehard need for health and for recovery more than they are for money. But a poor person needs money, especially if they are not, they are not sick. So the emphasis is a determinant of what is the greatest need from one person to another. The Bible is, like you said, they has got 66 books, they has got a wide uh, variety of subjects and, 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 and doctrinal methods. But even when you read it, you will always read it in the proportion of what is your greatest need at that particular time. So if I'm at a place in my life where I feel the greatest need in my life is finances, that's where my focus is going to be. And if your focus, as Naya is different from mine, it is easy for you to repudiate and to undermine what I am emphasizing and focusing on in my life based on my personal unique needs. I think we need to make that one uh, uh, very clear. I do understand that the Bible is inclusive, it's comprehensive, we need to acknowledge other subject matters as well, but let's not forget this. The Bible says money answers all things. Money is a major component in our lives. Where, where, where does where does it
1: say that there, Prophet? No, no, the,
4: the Bible talks about money answering all things. Where, where
1: does it say that, Prophet? I, I, in the
4: book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible says money answers all. In the
1: book of what? Say that again, please.
4: I pronounce it as Ecclesiastes. Okay. Ecclesiastes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, there she gave you a, round, a, right, a right pronunciation. Yeah. in the book of Ecclesiastes, that's what the Bible says. It says where, where in the book of all things, where,
1: where in the book of Ecclesiastes
4: does it say that? I will give you a referencing now. I'll give you the text just about it's now. Q- Q- it's 10-19. it's okay. Ecclesiastes
3: ten nineteen. Okay, thank you, 10-19. thank you,
4: Reverend. All right, That's the
1: Oh, can can you read it for us, Apostle?
3: Yeah, the the thing about scripture, you know, we actually have to read it in context. I do know the scripture, I've preached on it, and the my understanding of the context is that it actually reads as follows: It says, "A feast is made for laughter, wine mm-hmm. makes life merry, and money is the answer for everything." Now, the, what I understand to be the context for the scripture is it's talking in context of feast and wine. And money being the answer in that, because uh, you know money can 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 be the answer, uh, money can buy you what I normally say money can buy you a bed, it can't buy you sleep, it can buy you a wedding, it can't buy you marriage, so certainly money is not the answer for everything. but the way I understand the scripture is contextually is it's talking about a feast there, and money being the answer for everything that is needed for a feast
1: okay. Um, I want to put it out clear so that we all understand and we move together. And by the way, this is not exclusive to our guests. If you want to participate, you can. Um, What I I believe would be a broad context of the text is found in a, a chapter that has 20 verses. And this one is the 19th. Of the twenty verses, and I'm going to read them very clearly so that everyone understands where I'm going to with my question, my follow up question it reads, this is from verse one as dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. The heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left even as he walks along the road the fool lacks sense and shows everyone how stupid he is if a ruler's anger rises against you do not leave your post calmness can lay great errors to rest there is an evil i have seen under the sun the sort of error that arises from a ruler fools are put in many high positions while the rich occupy The low ones. I have seen slaves on horseback, while princes go on foot like slaves. Whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. Whoever quarries stones may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, More strength is needed, but skill will bring success. If a snake bites before it is charmed, there is no profit for the charmer. Words from a wise man's mouth are gracious, but a fool is consumed by his own lips. At the beginning his words are folly, at the end they are wicked madness. And the fool multiplies words, no one knows what is coming. Who can tell him what will happen after him? A fool's work wearies him. He does not know he that the way to town. Woe to you, O land, those whose king was a servant and whose princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, O land, whose king is of noble birth and whose princes eat at a proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. If a man is lazy, the rafters sag. If his hands are idle, the house leaks and then comes our text for our conversation. A feast is made for laughter and wine makes life merry. But money is the answer for everything. Verse 20, do not revile the king even in your thoughts or curse the rich in your bedroom because a bird of the air air may carry your words and a bird on the wing may report what you say. I'm going to ask the first question after this uh, uh, prophet. Do you believe that um, the manner in which you have quoted this text is contextual?
4: Yes, I believe uh, that I have quoted it within context. Uh, when it comes to the issue of context and interpretation of scripture, um, one person will always interpret a scripture different from the other. And if you look at the history of the church, you will understand that this, uh, that is how we started.
1: Absolutely, with, uh, no no question there, Prophet. No, problem. I'm going to ask you then to to I want to bring your attention to some of the texts in the very same chapter that also bring much question as your text does. Verse five. Uh, uh, there is an evil I have seen under the sun the sort of error that arises from a ruler question what would be your interpretation there is it to say rulers are inherently evil what is your interpretation of the
4: text it is very interesting I would like to read it. What's your
1: own opinion on that? I'm, I'm, I'm asking yours because uh, my worry is how you had brought in this text, especially from the book of Ecclesiastes. The very idea of the writer of Ecclesiastes has never been to be simply literal, as you have put it.
4: I, 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 he has I, 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 been using,
1: using allegories throughout the chapters in his writings. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm I curious to understand. About wh-
4: the he's talking about money being the answer of all things that that was my reference here's another text I'll making reference now is a pretext of that particular text that I'm decoding right
1: no it's not even a pretext of that one but it comes before I'm sure that's what you meant verse 6 yeah, says fools are put yes. fools are put in many high positions while the rich occupy the low ones surely you appreciate the allegory there it is not literal we know for a fact that the rich are not in low places, so mm-hmm. surely we would need an understanding of what the writer of Ecclesiastes actually meant with that. Would that I, not be correct?
4: I, I I I I don't know exactly what point you are making. I am making that's the point there that, say, that the
1: hermeneutic you you're applying there, um, uh, prophet, is, is needs some clarity, and that's why I'm wondering if you are hermeneutically correct.
4: Yeah, but the subject of our discussion today was on prosperity. I understand. I understand, Prophet. We are now moving towards the interpretation of the text, and you are referring to the text. That, to me, is not what I referred to, and it's outside what we are talking about. I understand.
1: My issue, Prophet, is not necessarily the text that I'm bringing your attention to. My issue is your hermeneutic. And that's what I'm suggesting that when you quoted the the, the verse 19, it is hermeneutically incorrect. To suggest that that is what is said will be to deny the entirety of the gospel because it is not money that answers everything. According to your faith, the Christian faith, your faith teaches that Christ is the answer. Jesus is the answer, not money. That would be the general and most popular, most agreed upon hermeneutic. Of who or what is the answer? Jesus is the answer. But here you're teaching that money is the answer. And you're quoting this text, and I'm suggesting to you that your hermeneutic is incorrect.
4: let let me put my word out there. Go ahead, sir. My teaching regarding prosperity is very simple. Christ is the foundation of prosperity and of money. And Christ is able to give the people that have faith in him money. Proverbs 10 verse 22 says the blessing of the Lord makes rich. When God blesses you, the blessing, the evidence of God's blessing in your life will be the production of wealth. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says the Lord your God gives you power to make wealth. I'm not isolating money from Jesus Christ. I am simply saying we serve a God who is able to meet all our needs, including our needs for money. He is able to meet your physical need for healing. The way He can heal you, He can also make you rich. That is my standpoint, and that's exactly what I stand for. I believe in material prosperity in the same manner that I believe in eternal salvation of the soul. You cannot separate the two. I believe in an almighty God, who is not only able to just save a soul from sin, but is able to deliver people from poverty and give them what they want, especially money, because that is the key need, especially in an an unequal country that we live in in South Africa. People need prosperity. People need money. And Jesus and our God is the provider. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the one that provides. If you need money, he is the means to that money. He can give you money the same way he can heal you. And that's where I stand about prosperity.
1: Right, right, we'll take a break and come back and bring in the rest of our guests. Uh, herein lies our issue now. It is 21 minutes before 8. You're listening to Facts of Faith. All right, uh, before we even go to the break, it seems uh, we have a bit of a glitch. Uh, we'll, we'll go to that break in a short while. I want to bring in um, uh, Apostle. You wanted to jump in while we were talking. You can, you can do that right now, Apostle.
3: Thank, thank you so much, Naya. Um, yes, I think, uh, like I said, I alluded to earlier, maybe uh, Prophet was, was still off the line. Um, I think what we've agreed is that prosperity is not the gospel per se. It is one aspect of the gospel. And I think what I said earlier also was to say that prosperity has been misinterpreted um, and preached in such a way that money and material possessions, unfortunately, have become the focus of, of prosperity, yet God actually says that the highest level of prosperity starts with salvation, and I quoted you a scripture mark eight thirty six What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? That tells us that the beginning of prosperity is actually with salvation. I also want to quote matthew six thirty three which I think will also support some of the Um, aspects you were trying to bring out. Matthew 6.33 is a scripture which many of us quote, and it says, it gives us the answer in terms of how we actually will get prosperity. And Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then it says, all these things, whether it's money, whether it's marriage, whether it's wealth, whatever it is, will be added to you. So it clearly gives us an order in terms of priority, that we don't go looking for prosperity, but we enter into a relationship with Christ. We seek first the kingdom of God, and kingdom is two words, the king of kings and his domain, dom, his dominion, and his domain. So as we seek first the king, the king of kings, enter into relationship with him, walk in righteousness, then all the things that pertain to prosperity money, health, joy, all of those things shall be added to us. In fact, that same scripture starts with Matthew 6.24, if you read it in context. And it warns us that no one can serve two masters, for you will either hate the one and love the other.
1: I'm sorry, Apostle, we got cut there. You were saying? Please continue.
3: Yes, I was. I was saying that Matthew 6.24, which takes us to Matthew 6.33, actually starts off by warning and cautioning us about being too connected to money. It says, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So it starts with that caution, and it ends in Matthew 6.33, by telling us, in terms of how we will get the full package of prosperity, which has as its basis um, money and material possessions are the lowest level, but salvation is the beginning of prosperity. So seek first the kingdom of God, which is the king of kings. Seek first a relationship with the king of kings. Seek his dominion. Seek his domain. And walk in righteousness. And then all these things pertaining to health, pertaining to joy, pertaining to peace, pertaining to money, material possessions, because these are all levels of, of, of prosperity um, in terms, you know, Romans fourteen seventeen says, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So those are all aspects of prosperity. And so I just wanted to say that that nobody denies that money, material possessions, all those things are part of prosperity, but we have to be careful where we place them. Prosperity, true prosperity in terms of kingdom context and the word of god starts with salvation and then when you obey his commandments that's what now connects you to other aspects of of prosperity All right. and in terms in terms of it's being misinterpreted yes it has been misinterpreted by people but like i said we cannot blame just preachers and teachers who have placed a wrong emphasis on money, but we must also blame everybody because we all have that responsibility to read the Bible for ourselves, like the Bereans,
1: of course, of course,
3: contextually.
1: I want to bring in Father Rakeke. Father Rakeke, the um, the Apostle, i be your pardon, the Prophet, brings in a very legitimate text that I'd like to hear your response to it. He says, above all things, brethren, I wish that you may prosper. Uh, placing again the emphasis on prosperity implying perhaps that prosperity is monetary Uh, how do you respond to that text and his interpretation of it
2: it cannot be only uh, meaning money Uh, prosperity uh, I think I agree with the previous speaker it's very very true that prosperity is all inclusive prosperity is about the, 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 the vision that God had for us which is salvation, making us divine with God. Uh, so, ultimate goal of humanity is to be with God. That is the ultimate prosperity that we are going to have. Look what what uh, Paul says in the Philippians chapter four, uh, verse nineteen: "My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus." So, it is through Jesus, it is through Christ that we are going to uh, have all our riches in the glory of Christ. Therefore, prosperity cannot be limited and diminished only to money. And by the way, just let me bring back the issue of Ecclesiastes here that money answers uh, money answers everything, um, and uh, you have said maybe it's not the right interpretation, but you compare it as well. If money answers everything, then you go to First uh, Timothy says, uh, chapter 6, verse 10, which says, Money is the root of all evil. So you are looking at this and saying, of well, money. So there is, there is an issue of money here. Can we actually um, just reduce prosperity to money alone? No, it cannot be like that. Uh, prosperity is the is bigger reality that God has a vision for us, which is to be there in the kingdom. So the apostle is very right to say, We are aiming at achieving that kingdom. The kingdom is with God, and it is all, everything. It is success, it is health, it is money, it is the whole universe. Remember as well, in the uh, letter of Colossians, it is talking about culmination. The The culmination of all universe will be with God. That's what prosperity is about.
1: I'm sorry, um, to be fair there, Father, um, the text that you just quoted right now, and I just heard the apostle correcting it, it is not saying that money is the root of all evil. Yes. Read correctly, it says the love of, the of money. Love of money. Yes. So perhaps Thank it would be an unfair use of, of that text yeah, to rebut that argument. But I, I take what you're saying, but I still would like to get an understanding if then we are talking about the text again i have a big problem with exegesis that are all over the world, the place and then the hermeneutic just falls apart on its own i want to go back to the text there uh, uh, uh prophet because it, it it bothers me that we're going to go on air and um, we do not do justice to the various texts that we read or share i want to read different versions of the very same text that you had quoted so that you understand what the actual scholars have interpreted that, that to mean, and by scholars, I mean the people who have translated the English of this, of this text. Um, read with me Third John 1 verse 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. That's the New International Version. Same text, New Living Translation. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. English Standard Version reads, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. The Berean Study Bible reads, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy good health as your soul also prospers. Again, the New American Standard uh, Bible reads, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in a good health just as your soul prospers. And then the new King James Version, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And finally, I'm going to read the King James Version. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Full stop close quote. Now, I'm reading these texts to share with you that the absolute consensus among scholars and those who have studied the Bible more than me uh, is that the focus there is not money. Actually, it is hardly ever mentioning money. The focus of that text is health and every other way. And I suppose money could be included in the every other way. But money is not the focal point of the text. Again, I bring to your attention there, Prophet. Is it possible that perhaps your hermeneutic is slightly off? Say say
4: the last part again, is it possible?
1: That your hermeneutic is off.
4: Not, not really. Look, I would say this way. I totally agree with you. And one of my uh, delights from the, you know, from the conclusions of this show is that all the three of us as guests, probably including yourself, uh, agree on one thing. We do. We agree that Christ is the foundation. We all agree in uh, the priority of salvation. There is no dispute about that. But I also pick up that none of us is willing to rubbish or to exclude. Finances or financial prosperity as the core of our Christian faith. It's very important. All the translations that you have... Where, where do you get the profit that finances are the core? Are okay. now, just because of time, let me put this out. You read different translations that talks about doing well and I wish that you may do well and you said it doesn't include money. What I would say to you is that...
1: No, I said it doesn't money mention money. Hold on, prophet. Profit, let's move together profit well profit life. profit no 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 let's let's move together i said mm-hmm. it doesn't mention money in it in says, the part where it says it everything does, it may include it uh, my, but my it doesn't mention
4: even though it doesn't it mentions doing well in life in and health it's a bigger part of doing well in life that is my assertion
1: but you're basing that assertion on what sir
4: no, I'm, I'm i'm still basing that assertion on the the other scripture that i i I quoted that says money answers all things yeah i believe i totally believe that prosperity money is not all that there is about prosperity but i also say to you money is a major part of what prosperity is prosperity is not money but money is the major part of what it is
1: all right All right. um, um, I want us to now focus on this part. Um, When we are speaking of the decay in the Christian faith, what in your estimation, Prophet, is the biggest contributor to people? And by decay, I want us to focus on one thing. By decay, I'm referring to how the Christian community is not understanding or not living out this Christ-like life as it ought to be. As you've seen in the book of Acts, for example, where we were talking about the first church or the early church, there we see them living this life out to the extent that the Holy Spirit comes down, chapter 2. And then we see God multiplying them in in numbers because of the manner in which they live to the point that later on in the book of Acts they are now referred to as Christians in Antioch. But my question is, we don't see that happening in modern day Christianity. And we are seeing Christianity in a state of decay in terms of living in that lifestyle. And in your estimation, sir, what is causing that decay? why is the christian community not as growing as it used to be
4: as it were it it is equally my concern as well the simple answer to that is common human error it's the reason why we are having all of this crisis what Um, error would you be referring to sir the common human error will include the following would include the issue of materialism that came as a result of incorrect interpretation of scripture that is something I would agree on. Yeah, and but, who, who, but who does want, that? What I want us to do, let me make this submission before I close. What I want us to do is to learn how to isolate issues. You should not throw away the baby, throw away the dirty water. The problem is not in the prosperity gospel itself, as people assume there are other issues you know that are problematic in themselves and that should be dealt with separately granted hold
2: on is Prophet. i
1: d- don't want us to dwell much on this separately because separately. we've already established that we've already said st- from the very beginning that uh, the, the prosperity gospel is not the it all of all the problems we're not suggesting that no one is claiming that so let's not waste time on that i want us to talk about the contribution of prosperity gospel in the dk that we're highlighting tonight yes. and i want us to understand Como very era,
4: misinterpretation of scripture, ulterior motifs, commercialization, all of those, I can go on and on. All of those all are right. contributing factors to why there is particularly decay within the Christian faith. Okay. And we can go on and on and, and, and there's a number of, I'm just saying it based on my own observations and experience.
1: All right, now I want to read some text for you and then we're going to um, give each and one of you one, okay, two minutes. Uh, to close give your closing remarks on this you've been listening to each other and your contributions are ever so enlightening Um, the short message service has two texts that I want to read and one text reads those so-called preachers who preaching uh, rascaldom should be called rascals unfortunately your guests are quite about it until now all right Jesus was not a millionaire at expense of poor followers. Why they are teaching prosperity I'm assuming they meant to say prosperity there. They are wrong. That's all donkey from Zilobo Gwaz. Alright, um, to my guest, I'm going to begin with uh, Father Rageke. Uh, you got two minutes. Go ahead.
2: Now you quoted Naya very well um, when the Christianity was developing chapter 2 of Acts Talking about how good it was to be together, they were one in mind and heart. You went on to chapter four of the Acts as well, where now they share together all these things. These was the, the let's let's say the climax of Christian living. Very correct. But go down to chapter fifteen in the same book of Acts, where you have now the debate on the Jewish law, where now the glory in the house of the good Christian things start to have a problem. They start to have a problem, and now they have to hold. Uh, the council there or the meeting of trying to understand one another so they start now to have those human uh, inclinations are coming in. Some are uh, stressing that there must be um, circumcision for all those who are of Jewish religion and those who are of Hellenistic uh, origin as well and so then things start to happen inside there these will mark the history of Christianity going down the line that there will always be a human error there will always be a human inclination towards the negative. There will always be this harmony and it has gone on and in the early ages. It went on in the middle ages and today what we see happening in the decay into what we are calling uh, the the um, uh, preachings over uh, prosperity over others, other uh, aspects of gospel, they are there as part of our human evolution. We have this uh, problem and it takes some of the good witnesses to stand uh, for
4: christianity all right
1: allow uh, me move on there uh, father i guess i want to bring in also uh, prophet you got two minutes go ahead your closing remarks
4: very quickly yes, I, let me say this mm-hmm. if you are not okay. blessed you can't be a blessing if you are not helped you can't be helpful god wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to other people god wants to help you with money so that you can be helpful with money in the needs of other people, God wants to enrich you so that you can enrich others. That is the purpose of wealth, and that's why God wants His people to be rich. I will leave it right there.
1: All right, uh, 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 Apostle, he has given you. He has given you more than two minutes. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> that's okay, no, That's fine. I think you asked a very pertinent question in terms of the decay and what's happening, and uh, perhaps. I'd like to draw attention to Second Timothy 3, which talks of the prophetic time and season that we're in. And it says, and from verse 1, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God.
1: Please continue, Apostle. I don't know what happened there. Do we still have the Apostle on the line? All right, her line got interrupted just as she was about to call fully quote the text lovers of money it's two minutes before ten uh before eight i beg your pardon i want to bring us to your attention that our biggest problem in our country right now is the uh contribution that the Christian community has on our state of economy and we did this conversation during the week and perhaps we'll revisit it again and this is why we're trying to nitpick on some of the things that may be contributing to the decay of the Christian community that said let's bring in the the apostle once again go ahead apostle
3: yes I was just reading a scripture that tells us the time that we're in that people will be lovers men will be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and having forms of godliness. And um, also, you, you know, uh, Scripture also tells us about itchy ears, that people also will have itchy ears, not wanting to hear the Word of God, but wanting to hear that which rather appeals to their itchy ears. So that, in my view, is the time and season that we're in prophetically. It shouldn't come as a surprise to us, um, but we should uh, hold out as the remnant preach the gospel in a balanced way, um, preaching the mind of God, which as I said, God has always intended for us to be relational. The prodigal son was focused on money and inheritance. That's what made him prodigal. But when he came back, he was not coming back for money, he was not coming back for inheritance, he was coming back for relationship with his father. And that's why his father was so excited. That he understood, it's not about the money, but it's about relationship with God first and foremost. All right. And so that's my prayer that we'll focus on relationship with God. He will add all that's needed, as according to Matthew 6:33. When we're in right relationship, intimate and communion with God. Thank right. you.
1: God. it. Thank you very much to all my guests, Father Patrick Rakeke, Assistant General Secretary General from the Southern African Catholic Bishops' Conference, Apostle Pearl Cooper, Attorney Activist International Consultant, Author and President of the Global Forum for Entrepreneurs, uh, Prophet Laki, who is a prophet of Tideos Life Church. To all my guests, thank you very much for coming through and your insights from me, Nayelu Pondona and the team. Have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.